Welcome to a great episode of Sports Matters in the heart of the summer. It's hot out. It's fun. I'm your host, Kevin Drake, and sitting across from me, your other host, Mr. Matt Burt. How you doing this morning? Not too bad. I'm I, up and early, you know. I know. Well, now you're working full time, two jobs. What's work? Uh, see, the millennial generation has now hit the workforce Whoa. so much for that <laughs> reputation of uh, hanging at home with mom and all that. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of, for a while there, you had all these baby boomers that had jobs in this country and they're starting to get towards the retirement age the latter half of the baby boom generation so there's going to be a huge openings in the workforce coming up to my knowledge then again i have more sports knowledge than anything else so (laughs) it doesn't matter you could have three jobs but you're you're like a walking sports encyclopedia because if there's anything that i don't know you do know (laughs) and and then some (laughs) stop making me blush I know. This is what we do on Sports Matters in the morning. I had a chance to go down to the Del Mar Racetrack for opening day. What a fun event. Wasn't nearly as crowded as years past because this is the second year that's moved back to a Wednesday. I know it's a lot of hard for people who are working Monday through Friday, but if you want to play hooky, that's a great day to do it. Yeah. I mean, normally on opening days, it's just like jam-packed, sardines. Oh, yeah. Nearly 60,000 like... people, and it's just over overcrowded. Yeah. It, to me, it's fun to go down there. It's nice. You watch some horses. I mean... The I don't it was perfect this time around. Yeah, we're all dressed up because I was wearing a nice blazer. Everybody was all dressed up. That's what you do on opening day. And it's just such a great scenery everywhere. You know, all the beautiful ladies with yeah, their hats. With their and, sundresses. Oh, yeah. there's so many, so many great hats that they had. And that's what makes it. It's just a fun, festive day. And everybody's having a great time. Yeah. And, it, then, and then for bonus, you hit a couple long shots. Your day is made. Yeah, but I, I don't know any of the horses that were there this past weekend. I'll tell you this. Six of the ten. Races the horses that won were Doug O'Neill trained. Who's Doug O'Neill? Doug O'Neill's another big time trainer like Bob Baffert, and he had nearly had a couple. Uh, actually, California Chrome. California Chrome still running? No, I'm just saying. Oh, okay. First State Del Mar off air. Yeah, California right. Chrome that was trained by Doug O'Neill. Oh, I know who you're talking I'll about. Have now. another? I mean, he has a lot of great horses. He's a great trainer. Yeah, He's another one too. But... Bob Baffert had just a couple horses, and one of them came in third place, but the other one was was a real long shot. Didn't have a chance. Yeah, was it justified? No. And then, yeah, no, that's no. the that's the all of Bob Baffert's magical energy he put into that horse. He has a lot of horses he as does. well. He does. He owns a lot. That's but what they do. It's their passion. They're trainers. You want to see a live look at what Bob Baffert does? Because he's whisper. a horse whisperer. He sure is. Two triple crown winners in the last three years. That's pretty impressive. It's just fun to go down there in general. It's, I mean, it's just fun summer fun. It's not like a the biggest venue in terms of four horse racing. It's more of just like the fun kind of out in the sun. Everyone's having fun. It's not like the major three. It's like where you're serious. Serious people go to the Kentucky Derby. Serious Even people the go derbies to yeah that are across the nation like the Santa Anita Derby. Yeah. That's serious money. This is more just having fun, but they're running some horses. There was a lot of four-year-olds I was betting on that were winning. Yeah. Just good summer fun, and they had live music going on, and of course, VIP area. Then you had the center of the track, which was actually not nearly as crowded as it has been. Well, then again, it was 42,000 people, but you think about it, normally, was it like 50, 60,000 people, you know, at the time before, mm-hmm. when it was on a Wednesday, several years back? Yeah, but it was just, it was the main event kind of thing. It's yeah, 
have fun. It. So it's fun. Wednesday through Sunday, just hop on the train. That's the best way to do it. Take the train down. So easy. Solana Beach is really nice. That's why we all live out here in California. You've got to take advantage of the beaches. And speaking of beaches and Huntington Beach, had the pleasure of uh, going down there yesterday. Rolled my bike down. They're setting up for the U.S. Open of Surfing. And you know about that. That's coming up this Saturday, uh, July 28th through next weekend through August 5th. Another fun event to go to. Huntington Beach is a great place to go if you're looking into, you know, beach activities and then walking off onto some nice restaurants. And it's nice down there, especially. They have really you ever, have. It really built it up. Yeah, Pacific City. Have you seen Pacific yes. City? Many restaurants up on the upper deck there. I mean, big. I'm talking huge, mm-hmm. massive. And that's like blocks away from the beach. Like you walk across the street. So we take the trail down from the Santa Ana Riverbed. Then you hop on the uh, trail that's on the PCH side, and then you start to cruise up. Once you pass the power plant, it's like there's the Hyatt, there's the Hilton, and then there's another little hotel that's just built. Pasea. Yeah, Pasea. And then you have, obviously, the Pacific. I like Pacific City. Yeah. What other big event that was called the Open that happened over the weekend? Uh, I think you just alluded to it. The Open happened. Yeah. The but British uh, Open the British is just open. open. I think it's just the Open now. They got rid of the British because they play everywhere other than... Britain. I mean, then this year's it was in Scotland. Carnewski. That's where they played. Tough golf course in general. The fairways were faster than the greens by a lot. By a lot. Pa- That's people, what I hear. Yeah, people were able to drive the ball. You had Tony Finau saying practice round, he hit a three-wood 400 yards. Yeah, let that sink in, a three-wood 400 was yards. Was it just no wind? Was it just really hot? It's because it was so dry. It was just like you hit concrete and the dry. ball yeah. would keep rolling. They are adjusting and using different clubs and on a drive you could drop it close to the green <laughs> some of these pretty much yeah Whatever. the problem is 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 the big bombers that i kind of alluded to when i first looked at this it was like oh people who hit the ball far are going to have success on this golf course kind of didn't turn out that way you had to have accuracy we saw some of the more accurate golfers on the tour be near the top of the leaderboard we just also saw the the players that had really good form we had the traditional great links players and jordan spieth and rory mcelroy who are traditionally great at those kind of things they played very very well you had tiger woods well, but jordan spieth had a rough sunday he really dropped down yeah but, but his first three i was I, his first three days were good i mean he was actually on top of the leaderboard at one he, point coming into this tournament was not looking great and he left coming out of that tournament looking pretty good for the rest of the season i look at Jordan Spieth as a serious player because coming oh, into is. it, he was not great. The field is strong. And look, Tiger Woods made a resurgence. He had a great weekend. He, he kind of had a rough back nine on Sunday. But other than that, three and a half days, he had a phenomenal. He was actually in the leaderboard. Well, he he knows, he how, to, he knows how to play these kind of golf courses where you, you know that you're not going to be able to fly the ball onto the green, where you're going to have to hit the ball way short of the green and have it roll because of the speed that you have on the fairways. You like you need to use them and roll it on because if you try to fly the green, the ball's just gonna either a your margin of error is so thin, b your margin of error of trying to land the ball in the certain spot that you need to put it in is even even shorter than that on these link style golf courses with 12 mile an hour winds are affecting the balls. But would you say that Tiger Woods is back and he's one of the people in the field that can easily win a tournament? Uh, easily is a Not big... easily, but definitely one of the contenders, one of the men in the field that can for that this can win a major for this next major maybe i think he has pretty good odds at it but let's not forget tiger woods is coming off all the 
these surgeries and all this hurt time, this will be his healthiest season. He's not playing the same kind of golf as Tiger Woods once was, where he was just... He had to change his game, of course. Ripping drives and then coming in with great short game and just absolutely dominating from beginning to end. No, right. that's not gonna, what we're going right. to see he's from not, Tiger. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to be the dominant force, but he's definitely going to be one of the men in the field that can win a tournament. I'm sure he he's can. He's a threat to he win. Is, he is, but it's so saturated now. You had Francesco Bolinari win, who, who by the Actually, way... He was the hottest golfer this year. He was the hottest golfer the last... Did you know? He didn't even hit not one bogey the entire weekend. Not I, one. That's just alluded to... He I Just think how hot he is right now. He, he literally, he said in his press conference, he doesn't get... He said, I'm probably not one of the best golfers, but I am one that was hot coming in. And that's what it takes to win the Open itself is just so weird. You'll see guys like Francesco Molinari, who are not big household names, come through and win these kind of things because you need to be hot going in. It's all about the current form. Of course, you know, being hot going in, but to do it four days consecutive on that course? I, I think he, he really played the steady at, game. And a par, I mean, he pretty much was par, birdie, par, birdie, every hole. Yeah. Well, the last round, for sure, he played fantastic golf. I mean, the first three rounds, Kevin Kisner was one of the best golfers out there. True. He was the best golfer in the first round. Second round, he was doing exactly what he needed to and not trying to do too much. And that kind of hurt him on the 18th hole when he went double and lost that lead by two strokes. So you look at guys that aren't household names that came through in this tournament and look really good. Xandro Schaffel, I'm probably saying his name wrong, but he's going to be a talented golfer in the future. That's a name that you have to remember. And then other names like Roy McIlroy, who showed that he's back. He was actually also competing for the victory. With Rory, this is where he's learned to golf. This this is what he's grown up. He's grown up playing the links. He's not, it's not something that is new to him where he's coming over and he it's has true. to play a U.S. Open course where it's just like, oh yeah, if you miss it by two inches, you're in about eight inches worth of grass. Have fun hitting it out. The U.S. Open, it just makes you look like Karnuski is called one of the tougher golf courses out there in the world. It just puts in perspective of how hard the U.S. Open was. Just think about, and the players were complaining about this and I, I think it's kind of interesting to see them like the the winner was even right well, think about minus the one there how it affected Wimbledon you remember Anton was saying last week you know with the drier conditions it definitely changed up the balance of the ball and things like that well in this golf tournament same thing with the dry conditions like you said Matt it sped up the fairways and, and then the greens were moving really slow because they, they watered the greens but the fairways I mean it was straight brown it was like hitting that thing off of concrete pretty much I don't know if you watched at all but these tee shots would go and then they'd hit and then they'd start rolling 90 yards 90 yards like if i if my ball that i hit rolls 15 yards i'll be like wow that's impressive yeah but 90 (laughs) yards like oh my gosh so it it just shows you how dry it was it produced some pretty interesting golf that's for sure i liked watching the u.s open those are two that i like the masters i did like watching and so far golf in general kind of like the the main event well yeah i majors i guess it's like the the, the grand slam i'm gonna put it in tennis terms even though right. i don't know grand, okay the grand slam is you got four tournaments that are the big four majors right. and we have one coming up in august which will be they're playing it in st louis i forget what the course name is called but that's going to be a good course to watch as well so all four of these majors have been really interesting to watch i mean you've gotten tra- non-traditional winners in well, the past four it. 10 of the last 12 majors have been won by 10 different people new new players 
new players had never won before, like Francesco Molinari. Yeah. It, it, and also, he won the very first ever for Italy. Not one golfer from Italy has ever won a major until just a couple days ago. Well, he might inspire the next round of golfers to come up. And I, most I, Italians go play soccer, or most, as they say, yeah, football. Football. And there's some nice conditions out there in Italy. They can build some golf courses. Why not? These majors have been fun to watch. To me, as a casual golf observer, I, my favorite golfer is Jordan Spieth. I will root oh, for Jordan Spieth. He's always going to be in it. He's always going to be in it. But, but at the same time, I'm also a casual observer of golf where it's like, I don't really have a vested interest in who wins. But the field is a lot stronger. There, and there's like many different players and even new players that could actually come up and win the tournament. Like you just said, Francesco Molinari is one of the hottest golfers and he remained hot and took the tournament. Well, he on the PGA Tour and the European, his last six events, he's won three of them. Yeah. He had a tied for second in there as well. I, I mean, it's not nice quite sure on that one. win the Open. It's like almost a $2 million payout. So when you add that in, he's won four of the last seven golf tournaments he's been in. But Guy Tiger is Woods, hot. Tiger Woods finished tied with sixth, so he finishes it, still wins $400,000. Not yeah. a payday for four days ago. I, yeah, I I totally <laughs> chose, I chose the wrong career path growing <laughs> up. I should have, I should have just focused on golf, not gone to school, because <laughs> either your first or last, you're getting paid. If you're in the top 100, you know, you're making money. If you get to the first, second, you know, third round, because we're talking about gambling and what the benefits are, and, and tennis really protects that, because the further you go, the more money you make. So the last thing you ever want to do is throw a match. Same thing you, with golf. Yeah. You don't want to throw anything. I, that's why I, I I had the no with Anton. I was like, because boxing, MMA, any sort of one-on-one kind of thing, even horse race, it's all like there's so much that could go down that people don't talk about. But that's why I asked the hard-hitting questions. That's right. That's what we do here on Sports Matters. Having a lot of fun this summer. I think I got a little too much sun yesterday, though. <laughs> I was only out there for a couple hours. I don't last long. I'm pasty white. It's like I don't fare well in the sun. It's like I got to be in the water. I got to be active and then back on the bike. Head yeah, out. I don't blame you. I, I need SPF 100. Indeed. <laughs> this stuff is so hard to wash off, though. <laughs> Hence why it's SP 100. Speaking <laughs> of, there's another big event that happened over the weekend. What's that? The Rugby World Cup 7s. Yeah, played at AT&T Park. Yes, it is. The good old Giants Park. I actually was watching the women's final match and the New Zealand versus France, and I was impressed. These ladies, just the way they were going at it, but the New Zealand women in the second half just turned it up. They were only up 8 to nothing, And then France could not do anything, and they just destroyed France. They scored three straight times rather quickly to build it up to 29 to nothing. They just dominated the second half. And the way they were just attacking and just even going in with the scrums and and they're not wearing any pads and these were women i'm like wow i was impressed like they could totally play in the nfl i think new zealand won last year their rugby sevens yes so So. they've won it back to the ladies have won back to back yeah so these new zealanders they they are take rugby very seriously and they're very good at it well the men's they've kind of returned to resurgence they've won you know 2011 through 14 then they had a drop off in 2015 lost in the quarters in 2016 but the men's destroyed new i was gonna to say New England. New Zealand destroyed England, poor England, 33 to 12. Uh, well, I don't feel so bad because, I mean, England traditionally isn't that great at rugby. No, like they're, they're, they're actually pretty I mean, good. They're just not. New Zealand is obviously the creme of the creme. They have Australia, but England's always right in When there. I say, who do you think of? When I say, what country do you think of when you think of rugby? Well, only because my brother played rugby for Queen City Rugby, and they played against England, and they're, they're pretty tough. They're tough, but always New Zealand. 
Zealand. You always think of New Zealand. New Zealand. You think of Australia, but England would be like the third best. South team. Africa. South Africa as well. Australia. And then in Melbourne, they have the Australian rules football, so it's, yeah, a, little so it's a little different. And actually, out here in California, rugby is huge. Rugby out is huge. Back Bay Rugby Club. I think that's what they're called. But there's so many different clubs. Yeah, if you want to go watch live rugby, I think they play down at near A Street and on that big grass area. The tackling's so much different in rugby than it is in football. They're not wearing pads. They're not wearing pads. And I so know they, that's and the... And they teach you, you don't just do a shorter hit. You wrap. Your, you wrap and tackle. Yeah. Wrap and tackle. And, and that's tackle. what the Seahawks have been teaching their people is like the rugby tackle because it's so effective. It's um, very effective. And it also it, it prevents injuries. There was a sports science that I watched that talked about how there was less force per square inch in a rugby tackle than there is in the NFL tackle. Because NFL is so high impact, but when you're colliding with someone that's going full speed and you got a defender coming full speed, it's like a head-on collision. Right. It, and people are still in this phase of lowering the crown of their head in NFL where it's just like that impact where you're using your helmet as a spear it kind of affects your brain <laughs> rather than do it like a wrap tackle where it's you're basically affecting your shoulders like where the sheer shoulders take the impact rather than the front of your head even with the helmet is still my brother told me a story he was playing for Queen City Rugby is a Cincinnati and there was a, a guy that came over that played in the NFL so they're out there you know playing in a game and he came up and he was making a tackle he just just flew in and just did a like a shoulder tackle boom dislocated shoulder immediately up on impact yeah <sighs> well and, I'm, and I'm not it, saying by it, any means it's not a physical like, sport my brother's like he goes because we do the wrap and tackle he goes you wrap tackle yeah that's how you do it he goes and it's you're right and the sports science says it's a lot less likely you're going to get injured it reduces injuries that's one thing and that actually could help the whole cte issue you teach them the wrap and tackle and you're right seattle adopted that that's why they they did so well it's more effective for tackling and it's just safer but at the same time you're not going to get on these highlight tapes that everyone wants to be on you're not going to be on this sports center look at this hit like oh my gosh they nailed the punter <laughs> it's not going to happen sorry i wonder if the la rams you know have woken up this morning since rams camp is starting up here coming july 26th is the first practice open to the public rapid tackle rapid tackle rapid tackle they probably they're probably like oh, Coach nice, nice like, 5 a.m heads talking about in that studio there well they're, they're all they're doing is creating some good humor for us so yeah. <laughs> listen to them <laughs> speaking of the rams wow we're so excited to have them here again third season but the second season under the coach of the year sean mcveigh deservingly so absolutely but you know it's a new year it's a new season it's just that was last year it's over got to focus on the new season i think the reason why sean mcveigh is so good is because he like when it comes to his ego he really doesn't show much of it he is willing to give credit where credit is due he claimed and gave credit to his coaching staff around him and when you look at really great coaches they're able to do that look at the coaches he has around him i mean come on you got the wizard of coach wade phillips bones are you kidding like that those are legendary figures in terms of what... You no, know, he's I mean, got a great team and these team of coaches, you know, headed by Coach McVeigh. And you saw it last year when we were at camp. The energy, the excitement, just the whole entire change of culture in a matter of like days, it seems yeah. like. It was a whole new attitude for this team and the energy was high level. And you saw him out there too. He was constantly in Jared Goff's ear, coaching, coaching, 
coaching. I saw the press conference yesterday when uh, Jared Goff, and he just looks so confident. He is so extremely confident. It's just like a matter of one year under Coach McVay, and, and look the transformation of quarterback Jared Goff. Well, I mean, I mean, not he's only, a true leader, but not only that. I mean, like look, he was look, already a leader, but look, now look at the additions that they've had on the oh, offensive line, and then now he had some weapons and wide receiver. They're playing kind of. I mean, they're playing. I like the to, fact they locked up Brandon Cooks for you know several years. Right, gives uh, Jared Goff someone consistently to throw to. I mean, when when you Those look at it, going to be a nice th- pair. They're going to be a nice pair. But when you look at it, they now have some weapons on offense, and they could play to Sean. Go- or sorry, why did I? I put Sean McVay and Jared Goff together. Oh my gosh! Well, they, it's Sean Goff, so because they're one brain. <laughs> yeah, yeah they they're able to go towards Jared Goff's strength, where he can throw the ball down the field, and, and now that you have some burners like Brandon Cooks, that's going to be a huge addition to them. Robert Woods too. It huge. also helps to have a MVP caliber running back Talk and really. receiver who just does everything. He could probably throw touchdowns too. <laughs> Did he Probably throw a touchdown I, I last he, year? He may have. Yeah, I think he may have. Todd Gurley is something he, special. He is just amazing. I mean, it's a joy to watch. It's like, ladies and gentlemen, you definitely want to enjoy him while he's playing because these are his prime years right now, and you just want to enjoy it. Just be like, wow. I sat there and watched Todd Gurley, just like people back in the day, like, yeah, I watched Eric Dickerson when he played. He was amazing, but Todd Gurley is like a triple threat. And he's so humble, too. I like him. Great man. Great, great character for the football team. That's the thing. I love the character of this football team. Like I said, they're high energy, they're positive, they're like brothers. I just, I love the camaraderie that they have. And now these newer dishes, especially on defense, like Ndamukong Sue. Ndamukong Sue. Sue. That'll be a big time addition for them. And their defensive line got ridiculously better with him. And then they, they added Marcus Peters and their quarterbacks got ridiculously better. You could argue that they improved in every area of their team I mean, besides the t- areas that were working yeah. out well for them, you know? It's tough to see, like, you know, players like Tremaine Johnson not, not with him this yeah. year. He was amazing. And He's good. Alec Ogletree. Every year, it's a new. that's what I'm saying. It's a newer team. You're always going to lose players. It's a business. That's it's a business. the way it goes. And you still have your core. That's the main thing. And the core did a very good last year. Now you just added more pieces to this core. They're going to be good. I mean, barring, you know, any sort of... And even with, like, look at the Eagles last year. It's the next man up kind of situation. And the people that we're not talking about... The Rams have depth. And the people we're not talking about right now, when they get their opportunity, it's going to be looking good for the Rams. I have confidence in the entire team. That's why it's so fun to come out to camp, because you actually see how the team comes together. Then you also see a lot of players who are fighting to get on. And it's tough. One day the player's there, the next day the player gets cut. and, And it's just like, what do you do? What do you do? Where do you go? Yeah, you might end up on another the team somewhere but it's so hard to survive in the nfl oh yeah oh yeah i mean like the average nfl career span is less than three years right something crazy like that so i mean enjoy your time while you're there and also make him the most of every opportunity you get play with a clear head and make sure you have that degree that's what i think about nfl players is that they do four years in college three to four years in college so they get the education you always want to have that background because you can't play football forever not this sport the way it's such high impact rap and tackle (laughs) that's the message i mean like tackle thank god for university being so accommodating to their they are pretty open about people coming back to school and finishing their degree if you were a student athlete 
the NCAA has so many issues and they should be doing so much more than they are, but they're not going to and they're not going to listen to this little teeny tiny voice and a little teeny right. tiny spawn it's, telling it's, them. It's these voices and other voices that come together. It's just that they're not regulated. It's right. just that they kind of abuse their power. You know, that's just another topic for another day. Another but, topic for, yeah. that's closer to that. But they do some things right. But speaking of NCAA, we got some college basketball recruiting news for UCI and I looked at it and they Dawson Baker 6'3 guard they got some great I mean all CIF first team This he went to Kappa Valley High so he's a local boy here I I feel like is it kind of out of bounds to say but they're moving more towards some small ball they're mixing things up they got a 6'5 forward JC Butler went to Wisconsin I mean that's a far way out from Wisconsin first player ever to score 2,000 points in his high school career I mean he all state did you see what his average is where he averaged 26, 8, and 2 assists with That's 2 amazing. steals a game on a 53. That is, his kid's pretty yeah. good. They got Robert Cartwright, another guard, six foot two from Pasadena. Actually, he transferred from Stanford, so he graduated from Stanford, but he still has one year of eligibility. This is the X factor right here. He wants to contribute to a championship run, and he averaged in college 21 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 3.4 assists. Two-time prep league MVP. He was good for Stanford, too. Yeah, so he's transferring over here to UCLA because he has one more year left of eligibility. So that's another nice thing that the NCAA allows. And this is all done legally. Yeah. And he's going to be a great addition. So he's probably going to fill right in. It was tough last year. And I think he is doing exactly like when we were talking about Coach uh, Robert. Turner has done an amazing job of he recruiting. Has an amazing job of recruiting. But on Robert Cartwright, I think he's, he's doing exactly what every student athlete should be doing and trying to get a master's degree and getting the whole package out of the way. You look at top to bottom, they got some really great guards. And to begin with, they already had some really great guards. So this makes me believe that Turner is going to go and do some small ball this year. Well, from Ventura, California, they got Devin Cole, five foot eleven guard, who's a three-point specialist. Now, he's done everything, but he's just a really good sharpshooter. And then Aiden Krause, another gentleman who also plays guard, Six foot four from Queensland, Australia. And actually, he played on the men's national team and won for the junior nationals. Australian junior champions. They won Under the gold medal for Queensland FIBA. North. Yeah. Yeah. So, average um, 18.7.6 rebounds, almost four assists a game. And they probably, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but St. Mary's recruits a lot of people from Australia. It feels like we got a couple pro players coming to UCI I, here. I feel like this is going to be a team that's going to be fast paced. It's going to be a lot different than what we traditionally have seen. Where Tom, we, we you're out there, get your season tickets. You're <laughs> going to love it this year. Where we have like a guy like <laughs> Mamadou or a guy like Giannis, where we just have some big guy in the floor kind of creating space. And obviously, yep. they're probably not done recruiting. They just got five people. They're not done recruiting well, in terms of the we still got Jonathan scheme. Galloway's yeah. a Tommy Rutherford's a junior. Brad Green's a junior. So you still got some of your big guys. So, but that's three people. And now, how many guards Brandon are they going to have? The Rivers, Rivers, he's so going to be So they added a, a forward. So that will be four forwards. They added three, four guards and a forward. But some of these guys could play a swing, I'm sure. Regardless, I mean, they, they went guard 
guard heavy in this recruiting class. And I kind of like it because now you're going to get so many different options. They got Yasal Worku. Is he coming yes. back? Oh, yeah. He's and then, back, too. And then you're going to have Max Hazard. And yes. you're going to have all these great guards. That so it's just going to be so fun to watch. And then intermix with some of these kids. And then you got a couple kids that are not so much kids. Some play against men on the national team. The Australian kid, Aiden Krause. Then you have, and, like you said, and just Robert like last Wright, year. Number from Stanford. And like last year with this UCI team, they rotate a lot of people in. So a lot of these guys are going to get straight into playing. And we're so going to see second team. Great. Second team is going to be a lot stronger now. Well, yeah. It, it, and we're going to see a brand new kind of style of UCI basketball. And I haven't been this excited about UCI basketball since last season. Well, we're blessed to have Coach <laughs> Russell blessed. Turner returning for his ninth season. And just how he reinvents himself. And we got to get him on the show here. Because we got to find out what motivates him, what inspires him. He could coach anywhere. Actually, he coached for your Golden State Warriors. Did you know that? He was the assistant coach for the Warriors. Mike Montgomery. I mean, he could easily be in the NBA as a head coach. He could be at a big program, but he chooses to be here. So we're just blessed that he really likes it here. Well, I think he sees, he's been here for a while, but he also sees the potential that basketball is for here at UCI. I mean, this the, you look at all the mid-majors out there. There's no reason why with the resources that UCI has that they can't be one of these teams. And I could see them being one of these teams like Gonzaga, like a St. Mary's. Well, like- also, too, I think it's a gratification where he's really teaching the game and he has four-year players as opposed to the one and done. Yeah. Because here, come to this school, you're here for the four-year degree. Well, look at, you're look here at, for look a great at in education. this past NCAA tournament what that kind of showed. Loyola Chicago. I know. Sister Mary Jean, you bought her bobblehead. Like, I haven't got it yet, but I tell you what, it's supposed to be delivered to my house here soon in the next coming days. Oh my I'm bringing it in studio. <laughs> she will join us on the program next week in spirit. I think That'd we're going to have to interview her, and she's just going to shake her head yes to every answer. Everything <laughs> that we say. Oh, no, that could be not good. <laughs> oh, geez. But it just takes one big run. And they were close against Louisville to knocking off that team and then go into the next round. And I love So they were close. And, they, and that's in recent history. So it's not like we're far off this page where well, we UCI basketball. Basketball could just go coach, off the charts. A great mind. Of course, you know, you're going to change with the times, and he's just constructing a different team. So he's the challenge is every year he has a new team to coach. That's what makes it fun. I guess that's what he truly enjoys. On the women's side, too, Coach T, she's done an amazing job. Remember yeah, how the ladies went from it. five wins to 16 wins last year? This year is going to be even better. They're definitely going to make an NCAA berth. I know we're getting so overly excited. But right. you know, basketball is great here. Soccer team, the women's soccer team is going to be great. Yeah, it's going to be a great season for the UCI student-athletes. And Matt and I, we made a pact. We're going to try to get to know more about these UCI student athletes. Any of them that want to come on the program, mm-hmm. you'll, you're always invited here. And Sports we, Matters. We kindly ask for help and resources, always. Absolutely. But you know what else is going on? The MLB All-Star Game just passed, which means you can officially... Before, before you get to that, I, I forgot to touch on one thing. There was a... We lost a coach in the NFL, oh, yeah. Tony Sperano. Just an unfortunate. Went into hospital on Thursday with chest pain. 
pains and got released on Friday. Then Sunday morning, he was found unresponsive. But I just want to touch on him. And who, a lot of people don't know who this coach is, but he's a very offensive genius. Great NFL coach. May not want to championships, but he's done a lot for the sport. But the one thing that he did do was actually, uh, it was in 2008 when the Miami Dolphins started off 0-2. It was suggested by quarterbacks coach David Lee. It was like, why don't you try the Wildcat? So he did it. So they ran the Wildcat offense that entire year. And I remember that game against the Patriots where Ronnie Brown ran for 113 yards, scored four rushing touchdowns. He passed a touchdown. So he had five TDs all day. Ricky Williams chipped in with 98 yards and they just killed the Patriots 38 to 13. And I remember Coach Belichick said, I was outcoached in that game. In fact, not only did they beat him that game, they beat him again and they actually won the division. It was the second time in, in uh, Coach Belichick's Patriots era that they didn't even make the playoffs. So it's pretty amazing accomplishment. And yes, Tony Sperano brought the Wildcat in. A lot of defenses didn't know what to do. Finally, they kind of caught up to the Wildcat offense by stacking nine in the box. And that's when the read option was born. And that's why we have the read option in the NFL because the Wildcat definitely inspired this new style of play with the read option. So that, yeah, anytime you lose an innovator like that, it's just such a loss. And I remember exactly all all the things that you were talking about when he was on the Dolphins and, and running the Wildcat when that was so, like, when it was wildly popular and then people started to figure out those kind of things. So, I mean, for me, it's just like I feel so bad for the family and my condolences. And and Absolutely. not not only that. prayers to the family of and, and, Coach and to the, the NFL community who has got to know him, my condolences to him. I'm very outsider perspective. To me, anytime you lose someone, it's a tough loss, but especially a guy that has done so much for offenses in general definitely it's got to be tough and and he has some influence on today's game and although we don't see the read option as much as we do in college it still is a a portion of it but actually the carolina runs it yeah we got a quarterback like you got a cam newton of course you're gonna run that that's what i say like he innovated in the sense that he had the nads to go okay let's do the wildcat and it was successful for the entire year of course teams caught up to it running on a play here and there but like you said the breed option was born and you know it just it just evolved like this game just keeps evolving but it's going to hurt minnesota a bit because he was their offensive coordinator in the nfc right now i think our super bowl contenders obviously the philadelphia eagles the minnesota vikings are the la rams Atlanta falcons and new orleans saints those are my top five teams in the nfc and obviously, I, my heart goes out to the Minnesota Vikings. For them to find someone after something like this happens has to be tough. I mean, you're going into training camp and this happens. And now you're out an offensive coordinator. With the defensive might of head coach. I well, mean. figure it out. That's the thing about the NFL. Well, it you know, also. In life in general. You know, things are going to happen in life and, and, and deal with it died that's so sad and if you're the minnesota vikings this is going to propel you forward when something like this happens there's some sort of i mean there's a mourning period obviously but there's something about when you're on a team with someone and then someone is lost or is hurt or is something like that teams usually come together and bond around families families come together families do too so there's something to say about the power of that but in general but he's definitely left a nice imprint on the NFL and to the game and you know for that we're thankful and yeah. just be thankful for the people that are in your lives while they're in your lives because you just don't know how much time you have so but just appreciate it be grateful that's so sad I'm, my condolences move it on to the MLB what do you want to talk about after the all-star break ah uh, what 
the Dodgers, Dodgers did, did. Yeah, Manny Machado. They got significantly better, but he is a rental player, and you gave away some pretty good prospects. Yeah, but I don't think it's so much a rental player for the LA Dodgers because most likely he's going to want to resign there. That, no, that's, that's, a, that's a World Series contender. Where would he go? Philadelphia. You think that's where he wants to end up? Is yes. Philadelphia? I think that the Dodgers having so many infielders right now is a problem for them to resign. Well, they just lost Machado. Russell Turner for a bit. Russell Turner. I mean, excuse me. <laughs> I got Coach Russell Turner. Justin Turner. That's it, Justin Turner. Justin Turner did get hurt a little bit, but you know what? They I got the Turner part right. Uh, you got the Turner part right. I'll give you that. In general, the Dodgers are able to just plug in someone that can fill in, like Max Muncie. He's been doing an amazing job this season. 23 home runs. 23 home runs. You got your shortstop because Seager's out. You, you got all these guys who are hurt, but in general, but the Dodgers... Is definitely just, an upgrade from Corey Seager. Would you rather have Seager and Machado? Of course. Where are you going to put both of them? Because Machado's you also have Turner. Now. What are you going to do with Bellinger? Are you going to stick Bellinger in center field, what they have been doing? Well, he was playing first base. Right, because what are you going to do with Turner is the point. You're going to move him to first base, right? Wasn't Turner playing third base recently? Yeah. Yeah. But what happens when Manny Machado can't play first base or... Manny Machado will either play shortstop or third base. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. When Seager gets back, right. Seager's going to play shortstop. Machado's exactly. going to go to third. Exactly. Is that what you're... I mean, exactly. like, is that what... And, and then you're going to move... Turner to first base, and then you're going to stick Bellinger in the outfield? What's Turner's contract? Turner's locked in for a while. He just signed a new for a while. one. Okay. So... The Dodgers what about are Seager? Point is, the Dodgers are good, but they need some starting pitching. Hey, it's good to have depth. You're right. They need bullpen. starting pitching, then they got to find a way to get starting pitching. But if they want to hang on to Machado, well, if they want to win a Machado world, wants to win a World Series. If they want to win a World Series, the Dodgers have to go out and get some bullpen help. Even my Cincinnati Reds, I mean, they're a powerhouse as far as offense. Pitching's what they need. They gave up 27 runs to the Pirates over the weekend. That's not going to get it done. <laughs> That's a lot. But that's tough. You know, you have rookie and first-year pitchers. Matt Harvey, he's most likely going to get traded. They're going to sell a few of their players, but they got so much young talent on their team. I don't know what market that you would have for Matt Harvey. I'm sorry. Someone that just needs a starter. I I think that, if anything— You won't have to give up much to get him. You will probably be like, okay, we'll give you a player to be named later for Matt Harvey. Most he's that's just so crazy bad. about baseball when they make trades. Oh, we'll give you a player to be named later. I, he was so good— and then he comes to a different team, and I'm thinking, oh, okay, maybe maybe he kind of starts to reinvent himself. He hasn't been that great. But in general, it's becoming the youth of baseball that's been doing things. But honestly, the National League is kind of it's kind of like the related. It's like the Eastern Conference in basketball, AL East, the Western Conference in the NBA, where you have so much of a talent discrepancy towards the AL. I know, Boston, New York. Boston, New York, Seattle, Houston. Yep. Even the Angels are in the toughest division in all of baseball because the A's are so good this year and their bullpen is so good. The A's are so good, but yet they're in third. They, and if you put the A's in the NL West, I think that they would put themselves— They'd be battling with the Dodgers. They'd be, be, they'd be better than the—yeah, they'd be battling with the Dodgers. You put them in any other team. And that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make is the AL— West is so hard to well, we win. Know the AL's definitely got the more powerful teams. Yeah, but you still have some talent in there. No, I'm not 
a dog in the NL by any means. No, not at all. Cubs are still pretty good. I, like you said, the youth movement that's going on in the MLB right now favors the National League. Teams are following along the Houston Astros blueprint. That's, how, that's what you got to do. But there's only so many great pitchers out there, and it takes time to develop pitchers. And if you rush a pitcher, that could hurt his confidence. What's up with the Giants? Oh, the Giants? I mean, the Giants aren't that bad. There's a kind of a debate going on in that community of whether or not they want to sell their great assets that they have, which I say stay pat use the farm system to kind of supplement the guys that have been struggling like Hunter Pence. Because they had a nice um, run. They winning at 10, they won in 12, they won in 14. And there's older now. Our best three starters have been on the DL. Bringing in Pudge Rodriguez's son, which that was, it's been cool to see him and he's had a lot of success. A couple games for the Giants. So the Giants, in terms of what they need to do, they need to go into the trade deadline and be buyers. They need to go out and try to buy, go out and get a guy like Zach Britton of the Orioles or go in and try to get, you know, some sort of starting pitching. They need pitching in general. Everybody needs pitching. Everyone needs pitching. I don't think the bullpen is where they're losing strength. I think the only problem is that they don't have a closer. They should go out and try to get a starter and just keep the, the lineup as it is because you got guys like Alan Hansen who can play so many different positions. So for the Giants perspective, I would go out and try to get starting pitching and just gamble and try to make the wild card. You're only, uh, last time I checked you were four games back. Maybe you're now five but well that's what makes it exciting about baseball having that wild card because at least you have something to fight for even the Reds have a they have a they're a long shot they're the long shot horse but they have a chance to make a wild card do I think they're gonna make it no but I wanted them to keep winning keep figuring things out hopefully the pitching catches up to that hitting because the hitting right now for the Reds they have the number four offense in a major league baseball right now what's their pitching rating horrible <laughs> That's so yeah, I, yeah. I just told you they gave up 27 runs to the Pirates over the weekend. Uh, if that's you, just hard. I mean, 27 runs—that's pretty much like you're giving up a run every three innings. Yeah, it's a launching pad. Yeah. Well, then you play it at Great American Ballpark. Yeah, this you're time of the year, the ball just jumps out of the park. True. Well, I just want to give a quick shout out to DJ and the girls. They were listening. I had to touch on the Giants. Just for DJ, I'm glad you brought it up. Of course, yeah, yeah. That's, that's your team, man. You're, you're, this anybody that's a true Bay City man, that's you right here. I pretty much know everything about Bay Area sports that are going on right now. Be a fun season because we're we're gonna be poking at each other. Lakers versus Warriors. That's gonna be a fun time. Wow, you <laughs> know that the Warriors got substantial. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Wow, well, Get to us on KCI.org. Just click under Show Schedule Tuesdays, Sports Matters, and it takes you right to our latest podcast. Or you go right on the front page of uh, KCI.org and click Tune In. Sports Matters is our name, and you got all of our shows. Or you can download the TuneIn app. You know that? Go on your smartphones, download the TuneIn app, go and find KUCI Radio. That's an easy way, too. Yeah. If you want to listen to some more jazz, listen to Hobart Taylor Show. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. Thank you for tuning in to Sports Matters here at KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.